Well, good morning. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to Faith Church. Glad you're with us. Uh, my name is Matthew. If we haven't had the joy of meeting yet, uh, glad you're with us. I'm really thankful for that uh, one-minute kind of mingle time. I know some of the introverts like hate it, but you're loved anyways. <laughs> I love it for several reasons. One, it, it, um, it allows us the opportunity to embody uh, the sense of family for just a little bit and allows us to interact in such a way. I love it because it lets me get set for a minute, uh, but it also gives me time to dry my eyes because sometimes the Lord like hits me right before we like end worship, and I'm like, that ain't even funny, Lord. Like I'm like sweating from my eyeballs and stuff. It's good to be with you. Colossians chapter 1, let's go there. If you got your scriptures with you, whether digital or printed, I don't know, maybe you, uh, Santa brought you a new Bible this year. Uh, he didn't bring me one, but I'm still using my Fresh Start Bible, and uh, you can join me there too. Colossians chapter 1, we're going to begin this first part of our year as a church kind of in a new collection of teachings, walking through the book of Colossians. And uh, we're going to start today in verse 1 and, and read kind of the first, uh, kind of 14 verses, but I'm going to read the first eight here at the top. And uh, as I read, you can read along. And uh, then I'm going to kind of make some commentary and make some, uh, kind of just point out some, some key things that I want us to notice um, as we travel through the scriptures this morning. And then we'll end our time at the Lord's table in communion, uh, consecrating our year to the Lord. Uh, Colossians 1, are you there? Starting in verse 1, this is what the scriptures say. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ and from our brother Timothy. Uh, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Fort Scott. We are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. C could you look at me just for a second? You are holy people. Holy people, dearly loved brothers and sisters in Christ. Can you receive that? Yeah, amen. He goes on to say, may God our Father give you grace, because grace is a gift, and peace, which is the outflow of his presence, making us whole. We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it has changed your life from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. You learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker, he is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us on your behalf. He has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given to you. As I was reading this first part uh, over the last couple of weeks, I, I just found myself being a little bit overwhelmed. 
Because I can imagine Paul writing to the church in Colossus and just kind of beaming with a sense of just delight and joy and gratitude for, for the life change that he had seen occur and heard about occurring in the people. And I, and I couldn't help but find myself uh, reflecting on our journey over the last few years as a church, uh, knowing so many of your stories. And I found myself just overwhelmed with this same sense of gratitude that, that as I think about the people at Faith Church, when I think about you, those, those in the room and those watching on our central hub today, like when I think about us as a church, it's true, we have received the gospel. We spent a whole year uh, or more talking about the King Jesus gospel. We've received the truth that, that Jesus came to redeem and rescue and rule and reign and he is renewing all things. And I think about the, the fact that we're bearing fruit among each other, that, that the fruit of the Lord is evident because there are people whose lives are being transformed because they encounter the radiant people of God here at Faith Church. Amen? It's part of who we, we are. I, I love that uh, through the Holy Spirit growing in you and in me, uh, that, that we are moving from just being familiar in a small community with one another. We're moving from just being a friendly church to having a deep sense of family among us being birthed and worked out by the Holy Spirit. I think about the, the reality that, that the message of the kingdom is going out, people watching online, not only in our area, but in regions beyond ours who are tuning in every week to find a life-giving encounter with the Spirit through the Word and the worship of God's people. Like, I, like I love that. I love that as a church at Christmas, we together gave over $20,000 in our Christmas offering. Come on, somebody celebrate. God working some generosity in us and through us and able to make an impact that ripples beyond just this location. In a time where many churches, and it's not wrong, I'm, I'm just saying this by way of, of understanding, it is, it is a typical rhythm for most churches in the, in the U.S., at the end of the year to ramp up and talk about year-end giving to support and kind of help meet budget and all of those things. And those are realities for every church, everywhere, all the time, ours included. But at Christmas time, instead of ramping up talking about that, we've just made some intentional decisions to, to be generous and to give out. And God is always and continues to be faithful through that act of love. And, and I love that about our, our church. This year, we're kind of turning into a, a, a year, and, and I believe uh, this year that the, the kind of the word, the theme for our church that we're going to just kind of sit and, and meditate on and look at and study and, and allow God to do something in our lives and in our hearts and in our midst, kind of, kind of the word for us this year is essential. Turn to your neighbor and say, essential. Essential. And I'm put a little tagline to clarify what I think the Lord is saying to us this year is that there is pruning towards a flourishing life. Why? Because more isn't always better. This morning, uh, I was sitting, thinking about this, and, and the Lord um, just kind of whispered. He says, you haven't asked me why essential is the word for faith church which I felt like was a bit of a leading question from the Lord. I'm like, okay, Lord, why is essential the word? 
And he says, because I'm not done turning them into the radiant people yet. I was like, well, hold, hold on. Well, I, like, like, I mean, we're radiant. We're, we grabbed a hold of that. We, 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 we squeezed every ounce of truth out of that word that I can think of this year. I don't know how many times I said the word radiant in 2023. He's like, I'm not done yet. But there are some things that have been diffusing the radiant life of Christ that I want to remove. See, because light is strong in and of itself, but if you get so many other things, it's easy for that light to get diffused. It's easy for things to get to crowd out the visibility and the brightness of something. It's, if, 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 if we are going to be planted in the house of the Lord and flourish in the life of Jesus, one of the, uh, the essential realities of healthy gardening is pruning and pulling away, and creating more space, because everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness, he has already given to us by the radiant spirit of the Lord, but it's up to us to make room and pull those things out to allow that to grow and flourish all the more. So it's not really about adding more into our spiritual lives, near as much as it is is about removing things that are distracting and distorting and diffusing the very life of God that's been trying to flourish in us. And you think about this word pruning and flourishing, you find things in like John 15 where Jesus talks about abiding in the vine. And he says, those who abide in me will get pruned. You're pruned if you don't bear fruit and you're pruned if you do bear fruit so you bear more fruit. So you're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. It's just how it works in the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 4 talks about the the soil and the seed of God's word goes into the soil, but there are things that choke out the word and crowd out the word of God and the life of God from growing in you in a multiplied abundant way that you have to remove in order for it to really seed in and flourish in your life. I've heard it said when it comes to physical health, you can't outrun a bad diet. I mean, you have to remove some things from your diet more than just adding in more physical activity. I'm trying to disprove that, but it hasn't worked yet. I'm working really hard to outrun one. I think flourishing requires this cultivation, this removing of unhealthy things and allowing healthy things to really thrive. I think there are some essentials of a flourishing life in Christ that, that Paul has already hit on in this very introductory letter to this church. Paul describes some elements of a flourishing life here in the text where, when he talks about becoming something in the Lord, how, how we're becoming something. It's not that we're doing stuff for the Lord, but we're becoming. I think, I think we, we need to, to recognize that abiding in Christ and communing with the Lord is more about being something than doing something. It's becoming more like him, not doing more things for him. He talks about a a faith that is vibrant and strong. In other words, there's a loyalty to our faith, not a laziness to our faith. There's a genuine love that is produced in our lives. There's, There's impact on other people that is evident in our life if it is going to flourish. These are some of the essentials of a flourishing life. Over the next few minutes, I want to just share with you four kind of prayers that I'm praying and I invite you to kind of pray. When I say prayers, they're more like dreams and hopes and just my desire for us as a church in the year of 2024. 
And I want to do so by continuing on here in this first passage of, of Colossians and looking at some of the things that Paul references and talks about in the church and encourages them and that he's praying over them and for them. And, 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 and I want them to get into our hearts because this is really my heart's prayer and desire for us as a church this year. That we would recognize the essentials and we would be willing to be pruned towards this flourishing life. Recognizing more isn't always better. Here's the first thing that, that I'm praying. I, I pray that we would be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Be filled with a spirit of wisdom. Colossians 1.9 goes on to say it like this. So we have not stopped praying for you ever since we heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. How many of you would love to know the complete will of God? Yeah, me too. That's why we're reading the Bible this year. <clears throat> this is the God's will and testament for us. This is why we started the Bible recap. Why we've encouraged you to read through the Bible chronologically this year. From, from, from the beginning to, to the end, to, to walk it through. And it's going to take intentionality. It's going to take effort. But, but we want to be filled with the spirit of wisdom. Because you can be filled with the spirit of the age. You can be filled with the spirit of, of the attitudes of the people around you. you. You can be filled with all sorts of wisdom. All it takes is, hey, Google, and you can come up with all sorts of wisdom that other people have for you. All sorts of ideas that people have on how you should start your year and what that should look like and how to be disciplined in this area and do this thing and motivate this way and focus on this thing and it needs to be about this. There's all sorts of people trying to give you the will for your life for this year. Man, I pray that we would come to, to be filled with the spirit of wisdom of God. It is both his scriptures and his spirit that we need. There are elements of uh, certain types of churches and, and congregations in the world, denominations and, and sets where, where they like to major on one over the other, where, where maybe the, they want to be all about the scripture and the teaching and the doctrine, and it's there. And then there's the other people that are like, man, it's the spirit, and we need the move of the spirit, and it just needs to be free-flowing, and let it happen, and, and banners, and tambourines, and shofars, and modesty cloths, and Tongues and interpretation, and all the expressions need to be out here. Can I just tell you, it's not either or, it's actually both and. It's actually that we need to get into the scriptures to know God better, and we need to open ourselves and say, come Holy Spirit, come. See, see because it's the gift of His Spirit, His, His grace that brings about the wholeness, the peace that we all need. That the peace, the wholeness, is the flourishing life. It is produced by the grace and the Spirit of God in our lives. And so I pray that we would be filled with wisdom from the Holy Spirit. I pray that, that we would find spiritual wisdom, godly wisdom, rather than human wisdom and reasoning and understanding. Because you're going to have decisions that you need to make this year. There's going to be some choices that you are probably going to be faced with. And it's important that we are walking with the spirit of wisdom, not just human understanding. 
We need the insights of the Lord. We need to know Him and His ways and His character. And we need to get to know Him and allow His Spirit to form and transform us so that we are becoming ever more radiant. That I pray that we would be filled with the Spirit of wisdom. The second thing I'm praying this year is that, that we would live a flourishing life in Christ. That we would live a flourishing life in Christ. Let's look at verse 10 of Colossians 1. It says this, Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. During our Sabbath Sunday Devo, we talked about how do we get to know God better? We read his word more. We read his word to discover and see him more. More than we read his word about us, trying to find us, we're reading his word to know him, to know his ways, to to get to know him. Again, if you haven't started the Bible recap yet and started reading through the scripture chronologically, can I just like double dog dare you to read the Bible this year more than you read it last year? And one of the ways that helps you read the Bible more is to have a plan. To, to know I'm going to read this today and tomorrow I'm going to read that that section. And then the next day I'm going to read. And you don't, it takes all the guesswork out. And then when you're doing it in community, we were talking about this this week as, as a team. Uh, what's great is as you're reading the Bible and you know you're kind of reading the same thing, you can start conversations with people that you know are reading it. And you can jump right in. Oh my gosh, did you read this about Job? Did you read this about, did you, did you, did this blow your mind? Does this challenge you? Does this make you frustrated too? And like we are in this all together. We're journeying somewhere. We're all growing and knowing about God together. And we're, we, we can speak to one another, encourage one another. And you're not in this alone. And, and this idea of, of that, that we would live a flourishing life in Christ is this idea that, that we would practice, not perform. Reading scripture is about a daily practice of getting to know God, practicing getting to know him, practicing reading his word and understanding his ways. It's a, it's a practice, not a, not a performance. It takes the pressure off. Like, there's nothing you could do to perform to make God be like, oh my gosh, yes, oh, that's, I've never seen that before, yay! Like, like God is delighted in you. Can, can I just, this, this is, I don't know how this is going to sound, but uh, frankly, I don't know that I care. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year, folks. <laughs> like, like, it's not that God loves you because of you near as much as God loves you because you're hidden in his son, Jesus, and he loves his son a whole lot. Because as believers, when God looks at you, he doesn't just see you, he sees you hiding behind Christ. And that brings him great delight. Because that's the point. That, that, that there would be this, this understanding of God's love for you. And so you don't have to perform as a son and a daughter. But there are certain practices of the household that do help us grow in our identity as sons and daughters. I think that when we talk about uh, praying, my prayer that we would live this flourishing life in Christ is that we would learn to commune in a relationship with Christ and not compare our relationship with Christ with other people. Like, oh, they're, they're going to read the Bible because they're going to understand it. Can I just tell you right now, most of us are reading through the Bible in the Old Testament, and ain't none of us understand it. 
like, ain't, we're not all like, oh, man, this is so good. My life is being shit. Like, it is, and I love it, and it's good. But there's an element of discipline that we're all exercising. The goal is to go and encounter and meet God, Father, Son, and Spirit, not to compare how my time in the Word is with somebody else's time in the Word. Not to compare my relationship with someone else's relationship. Not to, not to try to, no, no, it's about abiding in him, resting in him, being with him without pretense, without performance, without trying to check off a box. It's like, I'm, God, I'm coming to just learn about you today. This idea of just sitting with the Lord in his word, getting to know him. It's, it's like coffee with a good friend. That's what we're after. And if you're living your life trying to compare where you thought you should be or what you should have, or like, man, I, I'm, I'm too advanced in the years of my life to be at this elementary place of understanding God's word. It's not, it's not good. I, I'm, I'm not somebody who reads real well, so I've got to listen to the Bible reading plan on audio instead of reading it. Who cares? Meet with the Lord, whether you got to listen to it all or read it all or do both at the same time. Don't fall into the trap of comparing something because then you're missing the point of communing with the Father. This is the invitation. And my prayer is that we would find this flourishing life in Christ. Not impressing Christ, but just with Him. It's, it's be way more than do but what we do helps us in our becoming that is true i was reading uh this book and i've been reading this book incredibly slow because every time i come to a real convicting part i stop and so it's about every half page or so i have to stop (laughs) so maybe in 2027 i'll have finished this book but it's a book entitled emotionally healthy discipleship and in it. Uh, he shares this idea about coming and resting and being at rest when you're with Jesus. And being at rest in your life because you are in Christ. This idea of abiding in Christ is this idea of being at rest in Christ. Not performing, still practicing, but at rest. This place of acceptance, this place of knowing you're on the team, this place of knowing that that God delights in you and he's enjoying the process and he wants you to enjoy this idea of being at rest. And he says... He gives this list, he, and, he goes on, and he says it like this, I know I am relaxing in Jesus when I am, and then he lists several things. Let me read them to you. When I am enjoying communion with Jesus, even in the midst of disappointments and storms, I know I'm at rest with Jesus. I know I'm at rest with Jesus when I am experiencing a lack of anxiety in my body. I know I'm with Jesus when not doing for others what they can and should do for themselves. I know I'm at rest in Jesus when I'm maintaining my rhythms of being with Jesus in seasons of great pressure. Can I just let you know I struggle with that one? Because when I recognize I'm in a season of great pressure, my initial proclivity is to act and do and get started earlier. Let me tackle this earlier and put more work in this week. And what suffers is my time communing with Jesus. It says, I know I'm relaxing with Jesus when I am less and less triggered by things that go awry. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> I know I'm relaxing and 
in Jesus when I am present in the beauty and wonder of those around me. In other words, I put the phone down and I make eye contact and I listen, not to respond, but to understand and engage in the conversation. I know I'm at rest and relaxing in Jesus when I'm enjoying a deep sense of knowing that I have nothing to gain and nothing to lose and I only want God's will. I know I'm relaxed and resting in Jesus when I'm experiencing a deep contentment in caring for the people that God has entrusted to me. Are you content, mom and dad, knowing that you're taking care of the children that God has blessed you with? Or are you kind of like going crazy comparing the experiences your kids are having to other people? Are you content in your husband-wife relationship in that space, in that relationship, in that connection? Are you, are you content? Or are you looking for other things, looking for escapes, chasing busyness? Where are you finding contentment? Two more. It says, I, I know I'm at rest in Jesus when I'm receiving God's gifts of limits rather than fighting, ignoring, or denying them. We're going to come back to that later in this collection, by the way. <clears throat> and then finally, he says, I know I'm re- resting and abiding in Jesus, resting in Jesus when I'm discerning and embracing the season in which God has placed me. When you're younger, you always are waiting for the next milestone. I can't wait till I turn 16. Can't wait till I turn 18. Can't wait till I graduate. Can't wait till I find the right job. I can't wait till I get married. You're always looking for the next milestone. And then as, as you reach a certain point, there, there comes a point where you're like looking back at all the milestones like, oh, I wish I would have enjoyed that one more. I wish I would have enjoyed that one more. And then we're looking back. How about we just start looking forward and enjoying where we're at? Just embrace the season that you're in. Is it challenging? Yeah, be at rest in that. Is it thrilling and exciting and lots of things? Yeah, okay, be at rest in that. Why? Because the the goal isn't to perform in some way. It's just to commune with Jesus and to be at rest with him. Be at rest in him. Recognize that you can walk with him. I pray that we would live a flourishing life in Christ this year. Number three, I pray that we are strengthened to endure pruning. Colossians 1 verse 11 through 12 says it this way. We also pray that you will be strengthened. Somebody say strengthened. With all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. That radiance. Always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. I pray that we are strengthened to endure pruning. I pray that you are strengthened to endure pruning. We know he's given us his spirit that produces the radiant life, but in order for it to grow and flourish in the way that he longs for it to in and among us, there are things that must be cut out from us so that what he has placed in us has plenty of space to grow and flourish and thrive. Pruning, 
What, what are the things that you have to cut out? What, what are the things that are going to need to do it? And, and my prayer that is not that we would just be strengthened to endure the, the initial cut, but that we wouldn't return back to the old ways. That's the strength that I'm praying for. That's the endurance that I'm... Because you can do anything for a short period of time, can't you? Sure. Right? Like, uh, I just, this is a really silly one. Uh, yesterday, I watched uh, the first episode of ESPN Sports Center that I've watched in almost eight months. It was delightful. <laughs> I've got this, like, this free trial thing that I'm doing so that I can access it during the, the football season. Uh, because uh, I like to watch the playoffs and the college football playoffs and all the things because, you know, there are things that need to be pruned, but the Lord's not put that on the table yet, and I'm really thankful that he hasn't, and I'm really hoping that he doesn't put it on the table, but if he does put it on the table, I hope I have the strength to endure that one. But ESPN Sports Center was one that I had to cut out of my life. There were many times over the last eight months that I was really, really tempted to like, well, let me just like go look in the app instead. And most of the time, I was able to endure. Some of the times, I failed. My prayer is that we would be able to continue to endure whatever the Lord says, cut it out. Whatever the Lord says, limit. Whatever the Lord says, that's, that's diluting your radiance. Get rid of it. That's, that's hampering your communion with the Lord. The soil of your life is too crowded. Remove some things. My prayer is that we would have the strength to not only experience the first cut, but to keep it cut and to keep it away. And one of the ways that we get strength is through gratitude. Gratitude allows us to grow a spiritual grit to endure. He says, I pray that you would be filled with joy. And he talks about this thanksgiving, that you would have thank." giving to the Father, that you would give gratitude to the Father in this season and in this process. I think gratitude helps us live with less because we're thankful for what is. Rather than growing in lust for more, we're satisfied with what we have. And we're able, gratitude has, so, so a daily element of gratitude will help you grow some grit in your endurance. If you're having a tough time with the pruning and the cutting back and the moving, and, and, and if you're finding yourself having a tough time in that, start and increase your gratitude list on the daily. And you'll find strength start to grow in you. I think contentment is choosing to find joy and flourishing despite your current scenario. Despite what the scenario of your life is. Gratitude helps you grow in joy in that space. And the joy of the Lord is your, if you know the scripture, say it, strength. Finally, my prayer for us is that we would walk in freedom. Specifically that we would walk in freedom from sin and shame. Colossians 1 verse 13, he goes on to say it this way, for he, Jesus, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. 
My prayer is that we would recognize that he's set us free. We would recognize that he's forgiven us of the times that we didn't endure. That we would recognize that he forgives us and that we don't have to walk in the shame of it. Because shame wants to keep you shackled to a false reality of your life apart from Christ. He, he, shame wants to speak to you about who you are and your value, but that value is absent of the value of Jesus Christ in your life. I told you that as I came up this morning, right before the Lord like spoke something to me, and it just kind of messed with my eyeballs a little bit. Right before we were finishing up worship, the Lord just whispered, I just want you to know, I delight in you, and you're my son. Go get him. Because preaching isn't a performance. It's a practice of exercising the gifts that God's given me, absolutely. But it's just being settled in Him. Being at rest in Him. Friends, Jesus has transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into His light. And any element of darkness that you see, hear me, is a shadow cast by the enemy. Because James tells us in Jesus there is no sifting of shadows of who he is. His light is fully illuminating in you. And any shadow that you think you see is only in a distance because the enemy is painting a picture of your life before Jesus got involved. He has forgiven you of your sins and removed your shame. Would you stand with me? We're going to end by taking communion. So if you would, go ahead and grab your communion elements. If you didn't get any on the way in and you're a follower of Jesus, just kind of wave one of our hosts down. They'll, they'll get this to you. And when you're ready, go ahead. You can open up the bread. You can get the bread out. Then you can flip it over and open up the juice, and we'll, we'll all partake together here in just a minute. I pray that we would walk in freedom because of his dear son who purchased that freedom and forgave our sins. And when we're walking in the sun, his light shines on us and there is no shadow of shame. How did he free us? He freed us by dying on the cross, by taking our place, becoming our substitute. He... He paid a price that we couldn't pay. He died a death that we deserved. And he did it so that he could give you forgiveness and freedom. Inviting you into an abiding relationship with Father, Son, and Spirit. Receiving the gift of his Spirit and grace. 
that transforms you and makes you whole, making you at peace with God so that you can grow to become the radiant people of God regardless of the season and the scenario that you're in. And he invites us into this communion, this abiding relationship with him. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes for a minute? And I want you to just picture your life. Now, I want you to picture your life under the largest amount of sunlight you can imagine. And I want you to imagine your shadow disappearing. That shadow is your shame being removed because of the light of Christ in your life. And when we walk in the light, 1 John 1, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. We have communion. And the blood of Christ cleanses us. from all the sin and all the shame. So Lord, as we stand here with this bread in our hand, we say thank you for being the bread of life given for us. As we take and we eat, we take and eat knowing that you satisfy our needs. So Lord, we say fill us with your life this year. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the bread. As we stand here with the cup in hand, recognizing that it is the cup representing his blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins that sets us free and removes our shame. We say, thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Let's take and drink together. Amen. Just hold on to your cups. As you exit the sanctuary, you'll be able to give those to our host that'll collect them at the door. But can we end our year, just, or start our year, Speaking blessing as we do each and every week. We end our services this way. We're going to continue to end our services this way. Encouraging us to be rooted in Jesus, knowing his delight is on us, and that we can move forward in that peace. It's up on the screen. Let's read it nice and strong. Are you ready? Let's read it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I really hope today's message was life-giving. As a church, we want to help you encounter God and take another next step in your allegiance to Jesus. I want to ask you to take a step right now, in fact. Would you just share this message with a friend? Maybe post it on your social, text a coworker the link. Just be sure to include something that you learned or how it impacted you personally. When you do that, you get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in someone else. And don't forget to visit our central hub, 
faithchurchks.org. You'll find other next steps that you can take in your faith, including giving and partnership with us as we help others encounter Jesus like you've encountered him. Hey, we love you. And until we get to hang out again, remember, don't shrink back from your faithful allegiance to King Jesus.